Welcome to the Head Shepherd Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Ferguson, CEO at NextGen Agri International, where we help livestock managers to get the best out of their stock. I want to take this opportunity to thank our friends at MSD Animal Health and Allflex for sponsoring Head Shepherd again this season. And I'm also excited to introduce our mates at Heinegger as brand new sponsors of the show. MSD and Allflex, or perhaps better known as Cooper's Animal Health in Australia, offer one of New Zealand and Australia's largest livestock product portfolios with a comprehensive suite of animal health and management products connected through identification, traceability and monitoring solutions. Like us, they see how the wealth and breadth of information born out of this podcast can help them and their farming clients achieve their mission of the science of healthier animals. Heineken will need a little introduction to our audience, a market leader and one-stop shop for wool harvesting and animal fibre removal, together with an expanding range of agricultural products and inputs. The Heineken name is synonymous with quality, reliability and precision. The Heineken team have a deep understanding of livestock agriculture, backed by Swiss engineering and a family business dedicated to manufacturing the best. It's fantastic to have both of these sponsors supporting us and bringing Head Shepherd to you each week. And now it's time to get on with this week's episode. Welcome back to Head Shepherd. Welcome Richard Bremelcombe to today's episode. Thanks, Mark. It's uh, great to be joining you. We had a bit of a patchy few attempts at this, but we're finally <laughs> looking at each other and, and getting this recorded, which is fantastic. Well, it's great to have Yeah, you're the CEO and managing director there at at Legacy Livestock. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute, but we'd be keen to, I guess, hear about your pretty extensive background in in agriculture, particularly in the north, and sort of how you ended up where you are now. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Mark. Um, so, yeah, Queenslander through and through. So, born and bred in the north, um, came from a family farming business. We had uh, grain loose and, and irrigated crops and, and, and livestock in southern Queensland, and uh, always had a bit of a hankering for, for numbers as a young person. And, and so when I left school, um, essentially got into banking pretty quickly, ag banking, and had had 10 years with Suncorp in various um, ag banking roles. And I uh, spent some time with Nemoy Cotton as a GM there and um, uh, was at the head of regional and agri for CBA's uh, banking operation in Northern Australia for a period of time. Similarly for Nutrien, I ran their northern operation for a few years and and then actually uh, met a Kiwi uh, in, over here in Queensland who was um, looking to establish a livestock finance business here in Australia, uh, already had one up and running in in, uh, in New Zealand, that was the Stockco business and ultimately became the, the founding CEO of Stockco's Australian business. Um, left that business in uh, 2019 and, and uh, joined the North Australian Pastoral Company as CEO. So, you know, we had about 16 properties spread across 15, 16 million acres in Northern Australia, Queensland, the Northern Territory, and a couple hundred thousand head of cattle there. So a very interesting role. But, uh, uh, you know, having got the taste for livestock finance and and what it, uh, what it can do for the Australian industry and for individual producers. Uh, I was very keen to do something a little different in that space again. And, yeah, we've, we've kicked off Legacy Livestock. Excellent. So, yeah, we'll have listeners that probably don't really understand the northern Australian agriculture scene that well. But, yeah, obviously massive, massive areas and very extensive areas and, uh, and by nature fairly high, I suppose, yeah, high risk in terms of climate at least and and uh, and often when things do go well, you need to get access to 
animals quickly and when they do go boil you need to get rid of animals quickly so i guess that sort of got your interest in how how you could help people do that yeah exactly i mean yeah coming from a farming background and um what we find here in oz is that um you know the banks do a great job in in providing mortgage uh finance you know term loans and overdrafts uh for for ag producers uh but livestock lending in particular is something that's not well serviced or, or, or well, um, you know, catered for by the banks. It's not a preferred uh, type of security, but it's something that we're really comfortable with because we understand it um, and we understand the risks and we understand how to manage those risks and work with producers to get really, really good outcomes for them on their properties. So what we find, Mark, is that a lot of Australian producers, uh, you know, have a good, comfortable working relationship with their bank but they're not always able to access as much capital as they'd like in order to run their properties at full at their full stocking potential. And so the role for a livestock funder like Legacy Livestock is to really come in and provide that piece of capital that enables a producer to operate their property at you know, its full stocking rate and therefore its full potential. Yeah, it's an interesting area. And I know John Young has done some work as a ag economist, which one day I'll get on this podcast. <laughs> haven't pinned him down yet, but uh, he's done the work on sort of modelling back, done a lot of modelling work at different seasons and there's pretty much no years you can't make money if you can optimise your stocking rate for that year. But obviously that's the toughest thing because it's easy in hindsight and, mm. and tough at the time, but but definitely accessing capital and being able to, to ramp up when, when you see things going well that uh, has does hold a lot of people back and a lot of people will try and, I guess, breed their way back to stocking rate and that ends up with, oh, I spend more time in sheep, I suppose. We end up with six, seven, eight-year-old ewes and some big mortalities and yeah, sort of mm. poor and burning out some staff, whereas if you could kind of hook in and buy some good ewes, um, you'd, you would be off to a fly for those as you're recovering from drought or as you're building. A lot of people are obviously expanding or or developing country and therefore increasing stocking rate. So there's, yeah, and I can see a massive need for that. Yeah, well, I think those examples you've just given, you know, in Australia, you know, we do tend to have much more pronounced seasonal variations than other parts of the world and even in your part of the world, I suspect, Mark. And so, you know, when it's dry, it's really dry. And, uh, and uh, you know, when it's good, it's, it's, it's very good. And, and part of the secret, I think, is being able to move quickly when those seasonal conditions turn and, you know, you've got that abundance of pasture in front of you. You need to be able to convert it to cash and make up for, you know, the times you missed out when it was dry. And and, and so moving quickly is important and, and being able to access stock for trading and also breeding stock, young breeding stock uh, that are going to be productive for you for the next three or four years and, and actually put those progeny on the ground that are going to be a future cash flow, it's really important that you can move quickly and you can access the capital to do that. And often doing that actually puts you know our clients in a position where they actually um, got, got the ability to better service their existing bank debts um, as a result of the extra capital that we provide them because we improve their, their net cash flows. Uh, but like, likewise, uh, it's also important that, you know, as things you know, start to come off, you know, if, if the seasonal conditions are coming back, then uh, you know, the ability to actually, you know, wind back, sell down, repay um, the, the capital owing on those stock and sit on your hands, but know the facility is going to be available for you when it turns is, is also important. And that's, that's the nature of the facilities that we provide. Yeah, fantastic. And, yeah, Obviously, flexibility is key in in, ag, in Australian agriculture. I think everyone thinks that New Zealand is rye grass and white clover from 
one end to the other, but it's there's some pretty tough areas here as well. Yeah. And um, down south, they're having a really tough time at the moment in terms of the dry. So yeah, there's definitely mm-hmm. uh, options or requirement for a fair bit of flexibility there as well. And mm-hmm. um, we'll probably talk a little bit more about the business in a minute. But I guess just back personally, your decision to go out and and start a business was that that's never taken lightly. Is that um, was that daunting or has that all been smooth sailing? <laughs> Look, um, I think if anyone says it's smooth sailing, they're probably not being <laughs> completely honest with you. And so, uh, look, it, it, it was daunting. We were very focused on on setting this business up. It was uh, something that myself and, and my co-founder of the business, Sophia Benedetti, uh, were very keen to do. Sophia actually worked with me uh, in my time at NAPCO. She was the Chief Financial Officer at, at NAPCO. We worked very well together there and, and it was a very easy decision for us to decide to join together and, and build this business. We're both extremely passionate about particularly the livestock industries, but you know, ag in general in Oz and and want to make a contribution to those industries that have, you know, served us so well in our careers. So it's been daunting. Uh, you know, starting something from a blank sheet of paper is uh you know, it has its moments, and uh, but uh, you know we've been very focused. We've been working to a pretty, you know, a well structured plan, and you know, I guess one of the things about any business that is in its infancy is that it's important to have a plan, but it's also important to keep feeding new information and adjusting the plan as you go, so that uh, you're always optimizing, you know, your business for the environment and and the challenges that you face as you as you go about setting that business up. So look, it's. It's been a heap of fun. We've, we've we've put a great little team together. There's there's eight of us in the group now, and uh, everyone you know is thoroughly enjoying what we're doing and having a lot of fun. And we're we're loving you know writing new business and bringing on new clients and interacting with them and helping them achieve their goals and aspirations. Um, but you know it's it's bumpy at times too, and uh, you know you've you've got to take with the good with the bad. But uh, hopefully there's more good with bad in the long run. Yeah, and I guess you've through that process you've been managing. I assume finding some some capital somewhere or finding someone yeah, to give yeah. you some money <laughs> as well as finding clients to come on and take your money. So it would have, yeah, yeah. you've been marketing at both ends, I suppose. That, that's exactly right. We've, you know, we've had two capital raises so far. We've had a Series A and a Series B and, um, you know, we, we've been very fortunate to have had um, some high net worth individuals um, that were very interested in what we're doing come on board and back us in those two rounds. We're going back to the market at the moment for our, our Series C equity raise and, and in addition to that, we've, We've also uh, put in place uh, a, a, our initial debt facility with a, a credit fund um, that's that's Sydney based, and um, they've been incredibly supportive of us, and uh, and and um, you know quite flexible given that we we are a business that has you know started from scratch uh, six seven months ago. So um, you know it's been really good to have people like that that have you know really keen to support ag. Uh, and and come on board and support us in our endeavours to do that as well. And so, you know, we've been fortunate so far and, you know, touch wood that uh, we continue to find people that are are interested in ag and investing in ag, you know, through our business. Mm. Yeah, fortune favours the brave is, is my favourite <laughs> saying and and uh, I reckon starting a company of this scale has got brave written all over it. But, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's been – so if we do get into the weeds a bit around mm. legacy livestock and mm. – and sort of it, yeah. I guess those listening out there that are looking to want some more stock but can't afford them. Sort of, mm. what's the, yeah. I guess what's your offering and and how's it how's it different, maybe. Yeah. So look, the offering, the, the trading facility that we offer is kind of quite 
quite straightforward in that um, you know we sit down and we talk with a, with a client about what their their needs and aspirations are we determine you know how much uh, money they need in order to fully stock their property you know if we're talking with trading stock and then we'll put essentially a revolving limit in place it might be 500,000 or a million dollars and and once that limit's in place and it's documented um, they simply go and purchase the stock um, they send the purchase invoice to us we'll settle that invoice in full including the GST um, and and when I say settle, we'll draw a loan down and and use that to settle the invoice. So we're funding 100% of the stock. We then carry and we agree how long that, that client is going to hold those stock for. So it might be six months, it might be nine months, it might be 12 months, depending on, on the trade and what they're trying to achieve. And so that loan will have a maturity date that lines up with the anticipated sale date of those stock. We'll then accrue the interest, uh, we'll carry that interest through. So you know, at no at no time is the client putting their money in their pocket to service the debt that we've provided them, the loan facility that we've provided them. Um, we, we'll, we'll carry that interest through and then when those stock are sold, we ask that all of the proceeds come to us. We take out the purchase price and the accrued interest and we pay the profit out to the client. So it sounds kind of simple, but it gets a little complicated as you get into it in the sense that because it's an overarching limit, um, you know, our clients tend to be buying and selling on a regular basis, uh, and and often, you know, they're you know mixing their mobs uh, of of purchase stock into even lines. You know, they might be even weight lines or something like that. You know, twenty kilo weight groups, uh, and then selling them. So they're often not sold in the same order or or groups that they're bought in. But um, the IT platform that we've built, um, tax for cattle. It tracks the NLIS tags and, and we actually use the tags as a basis of identifying which stock have been sold and how much is owed against them and so forth. So, you know, by and large, the way our facility works is our clients never actually pay us any money in the sense that, you know, we're settling the full purchase price, carrying the interest through, and as the stock is sold, we pay the profits out on a progressive basis. So if you've bought 100 head and you sell 10, then, you know, we'll repay those 10 and pay the profit out on them without requiring any more to be repaid, which is, from our perspective, something that's very important for our clients because we, you know, we understand the need to release that profit back into their working capital on a progressive basis rather than them having to wait until we've been fully repaid on that line. A quick interruption here to remind you of Head Shepherd Premium and our consulting services at NextGen Agri International. If you love this podcast and want to hear more of them, visit thehub.nextgenagri.com and sign up for Head Shepherd Premium and get an extra podcast each week. If you're listening to this and thinking you really do want to maximise the genetic gain of your livestock and feel more confident around the decisions you're making on farm, then send me an email at mark at nextinagri.com and we'll get in touch and see see where that takes us. Can you swap them out? Like if I buy some cracking ewes at a sale and want to get rid of my old old versions, <laughs> can, can that... That work as long as the money comes back through livestock, or has it got to be the same animals? Is it? Yeah, so it's it's a great question, Mark. And, and the short answer is no; it doesn't have to be the same animals. So we we essentially are taking a first ranking security interest over the stock that we fund, but they can be repaid from any source. So you know, for example, if you're a mixed farmer and you've got some wheat income coming in. Um, and you want to pay those ewes out from wheat income uh, because you've got a bit of a mix match in timing there, then we're more than happy to do that. And and there's no early payout fees or you just you know, basically send us the money, let us know that it's coming in and we'll knock that off the loan. Um, but it, likewise, if you've got other stock uh, that 
that you wish to sell. Um, and if you want to send the proceeds to reduce our loan, then yeah, no problems at all. Um, the only, the only, um, I guess, important point to note is that if the stock that we have funded are sold and they haven't been repaid from another source, then we must be repaid from the sale of, of those stock, if that makes sense, because yeah. we're essentially losing our security. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd probably want that too, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, the risk to your business is the same as the risk to any businesses that, like at the moment, we've seen used depreciate quite mm. quite rapidly. So someone buys 100 grand's worth of used that are now worth 80 grand, it's... Uh, I guess that's that's farming, and and you know it as well as anybody, and and that's I guess you've got have to have safeguards in place for that sort of outcome. Yeah, so I mean, we're seeing a really good example of that right now. Uh, I think you know, six months ago, the the Eastern Young Cattle Index here in Oz was about twelve fifty. Today, it's about seven thirty. So that's a really really big fall in a fairly short period of time, and and so look, there are times where livestock will be sold and there won't be a profit. In fact, there could be a shortfall. Um, and the way we look at that is that essentially we're trying to back existing established producers, um, you know, who've got a reasonably healthy balance sheet but could really benefit from additional capital that we provide. And so our view, you know, is if a producer is performing, they're communicating well with us, the market has moved but they've actually done their job on the stock. What we see is that Typically, the the weight gain that they get throughout the life of a trade will more than offset any price movement. But there are circumstances and times when it doesn't. Now, if that producer is communicating well, performing well operationally, then it's a very easy decision for us to say, look, um, let's crystallise that loss, sell those sheep, we'll park that shortfall. Uh, and, you know, the market's down, so it feels like a really good time to get you back in. Let's uh, let's let's keep on trading and we'll come back and, and chip away at that from future profits. So, um, but we do, we you know, being really clear, we do like to be supporting people who've got a balance sheet that enables them to kind of withstand those those downturns and gives us the comfort to actually support them and and work through a, a situation with them if we need to. So, but you know, again, I, I, I'd point out that um, what we see with both sheep and cattle is that. Um, the value increase from either weight gain or the production of progeny very very you know it's very rare for a shortfall to be realized but uh, but yeah sure there are times when when it happens and we we adopt a very pragmatic approach and and uh, you know a very common sense approach and work through that with our clients when it does it looks like you've got a pretty experienced team is any of that experience sort of used to help kind of guide purchases or maybe control purchases like if I want to go if I want to spend a bit of money on a on a yearling at the yeah. a thoroughbred yearling because I think it's going to be a fast one <laughs> what, what what are the safeguards or what are the, yeah, what are the processes in terms of am I making a good decision with what I'm buying or yeah yeah so look first rule for us is we only do bovine and ovine no equine <laughs> <laughs> seems like a safe model I reckon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, look I, I think uh, you know uh, we have got a very experienced team. We're very clear that we're providing an important financial service and a, and a product offering, and we're not advisors. Uh, so, and the way we look at it is that we like to back, you know, good operators that have got good management skills that could really, you know, put that extra uh, capital, that, that extra loan funding to work in their business to get a good outcome for themselves. Um, and so, we're backing their judgment. And the way we look at it is that our clients 
take our money to the best risk-adjusted returns because our clients are they're in the market, they understand the market, they understand what their property will do, you know, what the market's doing in their local context. And they're always looking for the best opportunity uh, for to, to get the best return in their own context. And that's why we think it's important for us not to be dictating what we think they should or shouldn't be doing, but to really let them use the money and their expertise to get the best outcomes. The only thing I would say is that we, you know, we do set limits on values. So if we see a purchase coming through and it's an abnormally high value for that particular area, because, you know, stock do vary from region to region in terms of value. Uh, but if, if it's something feels out of whack, then we'll pick up the phone and give our client a call. And, you know, we, we kind of got this really neat. Uh, IT platform that serves us really well, but we're still very, very focused on good old-fashioned relationship uh, banking, if you like, and and having that relationship with the client and that open line of communication. I don't think there's ever going to be a substitute for that. No, I think think that's very true. Although I hear at the rest of the, at the banks, you've got to make an appointment to see anyone these days. So, <laughs> not that I've been in a bank for a while, but the uh, yeah, I think there's definitely a need for particularly in life, in ag and livestock. I think. You'd be probably pretty attuned to what's happening in the market because you kind of have to be because it's <laughs> well, literally your life depends on it. Yeah. What is what is likely to happen? What are you expecting to roll out in the next few months? Things are cheap at the moment compared to if we put it on a four or five year time frame. Anyway, yeah. Look, you know, Mark, these these market commentary is always difficult because you know there's the, there's you know so many different forces at play internationally that impact. Uh, both Australian and New Zealand markets, you know, we both export a lot of what we produce and so we're really subject to global global occurrences. But, you know, when I look at the global market at the moment, you know, from a particularly a cattle perspective, the US herd is the lowest it's been in 62 years. Um, they've been liquidating their herd at a quite a rapid rate on the back of a very, very dry extended period now. Uh, and, you know, they'll go into herd rebuild mode when that changes in quite a big way. And so that should suck a lot of supply out of global markets, we feel, um, and, you know, which will be very, very um, supportive of prices. So just right now, uh, you know, there's a lot of supply globally. Markets have come back. Um, in Australia, the Equis come well back. But look, we, we think that we've got to be getting close to the floor at, at these levels, the 730 level, um, and and that there's far more opportunity for upside than downside from here. And, and you know, we've seen, um, you know, the mutton the mutton job has come back quite a bit, but um, there's some you know, very good profitable lamb trades going on at the moment. And uh, wool has also been very good uh, in more recent, you know, the, the finer merino wools that we tend to grow here have been very good in more recent times as well. Yeah, and I think it does feel like all the fundamentals are right. It's, yeah, there's a bit of timing and a, a few reasons why we're not probably not seeing the, the markets that we have seen. And I guess kind of would have had to been bad at farming cattle if you couldn't have made money out of cattle over the last four or five years. So it's, it was going to be, it was always going to be some sort of correction. Absolutely. And, you know, when we look at where prices are today, if you take a step back four or five years ago and look at the five-year historical averages then, you'd be looking at these prices today going, wow, these are awesome, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we've got to keep things in context. But, we, you know, I think the other important point is that uh, – you know, there's been a quite a bit of escalation in operating costs. So inputs are, you know, fuels up. Uh, just about every input that you put into your farm is materially increased. So um, I think the break the break even point has definitely increased for producers. So uh, these these you know, the higher prices are required in the longer term. And 
we, we, we feel very confident that commodity prices for you know, proteins are going to be sustained generally you know, in the longer term. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for those who do want to have a chat with your team, what's the best way to get in touch with Legacy Livestock? Yeah, so look, um, I, I think the, the, the best way to get in touch with us is to visit our website, uh, www.legacylivestock.com.au, and there's a 1300 number there. Uh, and uh, just just give us a call. Jump on the website, have a look around. There's a little explainer video there, and uh, and you can click on that number, and it'll ring through, and and you will talk directly with a relationship manager in Legacy when you ring that number. And sometimes you might even get me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool, excellent. And uh, I was ringing the other day when I was trying to reschedule this, this thing. So, so yeah, I, I was I actually can... on a on a call with a couple of the guys, and they said, "Oh, RB, there's a there's a there's a call here for you." Come yeah. In. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, complete shit, complete, complete at my end. But anyway, that's that's all good. The uh, I reckon you've probably just been through seven months of maybe the, the fastest learning of your life. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But <laughs> what a, what is uh, yeah? What's one key bit of learning or key bit of advice you reckon you could offer? And this is I didn't tell you I was going to ask you this question because I didn't know it was. But the um, is there something you've sort of really crystallised over the last last year or so? Yeah, look, if there's one thing that really shines through uh, for us, and Sophia and I talk about this often, you know, when we're having a conversation about putting a team member on uh, or, or um, you know, committing to a new business partner or, or even putting a client on for that matter, you know, if it's not a hell yeah, it's a no. So, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, it's got to feel right and it's got to, you know, we, so we spend a lot of time, you know, understanding our clients and, and our business partners culturally and, and the, the character, our view of their character. And we've got to feel really good about doing business with them and have, or having that particular person on our team. So it's got to be a hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a cracking one, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, you are in the, in the finance business, but we're, you're all in the people business, really. And, uh, yeah, and that's a hundred percent. So that's a, that's a cracker. All right, Richard, I'll let you get back to your busy day and hopefully giving some well-deserving farmers some cash to buy something. And um, But, uh, yeah, really appreciate you coming on, Ed Shepherd, and, and sharing your story and, and uh, yeah, look forward to seeing Legacy Livestock go from strength to strength over the, over the coming years. Hey, thank you, Mark. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you today and uh, yeah, look forward to catching up again in the future. Cheers, mate. Cheers. Thanks again to our mates at Heinegger who are proud world leaders in the manufacturing and supply, professional sheep shearing and clipping equipment. They understand that their customers rely on the quality and performance of their products each and every day. Also thanks to our friends at MSD Animal Health and Orflex. They offer an extensive livestock product portfolio focused on animal health and management, all backed up by exceptional service. Both of these companies are wonderful supporters of the Australian and New Zealand livestock industries and we thank them for sponsoring the Head Shepherd podcast.